Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got the real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam. Alright. I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. I'm Eric Pham. This is a podcast about basketball. It's only right with March Madness going on that we have to do a basketball episode. Today we are dissecting the documentary masterpiece Hoop Dreams. Hoop Dreams chronicles the inspiring stories of two inner-city Chicago kids, William, William Gates and Arthur Agee, as they chase their dreams of making it into the NBA. Hoop Dreams was filmed over a five-year period by the trio of Steve James, Frederick Marks, and Peter Gilbert. And before we get started, what has everyone been watching lately? It's been a while since I've talked to the both of y'all. I know. Good yeah. to see you, man. Uh, truthfully, I've been watching a lot of basketball. Same, same. Like, March Madness has started. I We're doing a bo- basketball episode. I have solely been watching basketball, and it's been the greatest thing. So, uh, that's... I did see Drive My Car yesterday, though. I meant to talk to you guys okay, about that. Okay, okay. So, it was, it was fantastic. Was it a... How was the crowd at the theater? Was it a... There were... You and the one other person, right? Yeah, there was... Well, a couple other people ended up coming into the theater as well. I think in total, there were probably seven or eight of us. That's not a background. So, yeah. Yeah. So, it was it was me and a, a bunch of other... I say a bunch of other... A few other... I don't even want to say film buffs, but I think that the guy in front of me, the one guy who was in front of me, he opened his letterbox as soon as the the credits rolled so i was like all right yeah nerd yeah if you're as if i didn't do that yeah. so that's funny if you're seeing drive my car it means that you're a film buff it means that someone that they, they listen to a podcast or read a review or something something mm-hmm. nerdy that brought them to that point for sure drive my car is really good Yes, yes, it was. It was. It was I an went to see X yesterday, the new Ooh. film from Ty West, and it yes. was a lot of fun. It's like the most fun I've had at a movie in a long, long time. Have you Have you seen his other horror endeavors? No, and I'm uh, I'm going to seek them out now. I believe the House of the Devil is on Shutter and VHS was on Prime as of uh-huh. like two months ago. I watched. He does gore very well. Um, mm-hmm. He's one of the few modern direct, er, horror directors that does gore very well. I'm definitely going to see X whenever I find the time for it. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, it has, and, and I did not expect this at all, and it really, really unnerved me. Um, X has the scariest alligator sequence I've ever seen in a movie, and I'm ter- I'm like terrified of alligators. <laughs> I don't think okay. I can like overstate how scared I am of alligators. Um, and I was like, I was like covering my face and rolling over in like <laughs> rolling around in my seat, trying to like just shake, shake the feeling of, uh, of what was being depicted on screen. So, um, I was, Eric, I know you would like it, Olivia. It may be a little bit yeah. too much for you. I was I've not heard. prepared for you to say alligator sequence, <laughs> scariest alligator, sequence. scariest alligator sequence, dead serious. You could have said anything else that's like is sort of related to two scary movies and i've been like yeah okay that makes sense alligators threw me off that came from left field yep well there you go there's another there's another b-rate horror i don't even know if it's b-rate i saw it it's one of the few movies i saw before COVID happened called i think it was called crawl 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, that I one wasn't like terrible. Crawl a lot. Uh, it's scarier than crawl. The one okay. alligator sequence is scarier than all of crawl. Nice. I've heard that X is like Boogie Nights meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so that it is. will definitely That's, let me watch it. Someone, great comparison. Someone on Twitter said it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre's slutty cousin. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's funny. I can see that. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Eric? Basketball. I too you're, have you're been watching the Hawks a lot today, of basketball. Man. Yeah, yeah. They pulled through last night. It was stressful. Um, yep. Heartbeat was up the last 15, 20 minutes of the game, but that's sure. pretty normal for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of basketball, I've been watching. Uh, the Lakers documentary, the Showtime Lakers documentary, oh, yeah. Winning Time, pretty solid. Um, a little bit of a slow start, but uh, it definitely has its moments. It's very enjoyable. And what else have I been watching? I Whenever people ask, I, I can never think of what I've been watching. Your mind goes I watch blank. a lot. Yeah. Mine um, does that too. Now, Winning Time is the one that sticks out in my mind. Um, really enjoy. Oh, The Righteous Gemstones also on nice. HBO Max. Um, hilarious and actually really clever in its humor. So mm-hmm. um, I really appreciate that when it comes to comedies. Uh, so I that's haven't what I've been watching lately. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, Righteous Gemstones is like like the epitomization of the theme of our podcast. So we have to like cover it at some <laughs> yeah. point, and yeah, we'll have I to re- figure out how to do that because I know it'll probably it's it's going to be it's renewed th- for a third season, right? Yes, I think it yes. already has. I think been. it already has okay. been. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think me and Olivia talked about it, but the opening scene is this scene they're in, uh, I forget which city in China they're in, but they're doing like a, uh, Matt, I don't even know if this is a real term, but like they're baptizing a ton of people. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) it's one of the funniest things I've, I've ever seen the way that, um, they, uh, did that scene and it was, I just knew it was going to be a really good series after that. I listened to an interview with Danny McBride and he was talking about how they, how they shot it in the South and how like the, the whole subplot with the, with the wrestling scene in Memphis is like something, it was based on something he experienced growing up, like this crossing of faith and wrestling. And I was like, we have to, we have to cover this. It's great. Um, Definitely pretty offensive at times. Um, But yeah, Danny McBride, he's, he's just such an amazing actor and, he always kills it playing those types of roles, like the hot-blooded idiot. Um, yeah. So, and Adam yeah, Devine is very good too. <laughs> he's yeah. He's I was gonna say Adam Devine's in it, and so is John Goodman, who yeah, oh. is so always so good. No matter it's what he does, it's a crazy cast. Yeah, um, they they like play every character at like two hundred percent, and it just yeah. adds to the funniness of it. So yes. Um, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to check it out yet. Um, and out of the three of us, three of us, I'm the only one who like actually wouldn't be able to check this out unless I was just given someone's Xbox, which I was. But I've been playing the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Oh, Have yeah. you all been able to yes, play? Yes, I it? played that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, a lot. It's of very fun. good. Yeah, yeah, a lot of um, fun. Those video games, those Marvel video, and the DC ones as well. Um, I've always enjoyed the the worlds they build. Mm-hmm. They're able to tell a more expansive story than with it than through tv mm-hmm. or movies so those video games are very fun i know olivia you played the spider-man one yeah yeah i played the spider-man game for ps4 and then i also played the miles morales and those are those are really cool fun games um 
even if you're not a huge gamer, I think that if you like those characters, you can enjoy those games yeah. for sure. And I agree. There's just something about video games. And I think, Eric, maybe you would agree with me. I don't know. But it kind of goes back to animation. Just tell can tell a better story sometimes than live action ever could. Mm-hmm. Even when you have the biggest budget in the world, it seems like there's just something almost lacking with, yeah. with it. Uh, which is probably why so many video games that are turned into movies <laughs> flop. Yeah, this is true. Um, yeah, the those superhero video games are really good. There's a new one coming out. Um, it's Suicide Squad Kill the Superman, and that's like one of my most anticipated. It got pushed back mm-hmm. till next year, I believe. Yeah. But it looks crazy. It looks really good. Yeah. And the the title, the subtitle, Kill the Superman, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to be playing that. Like. <laughs> Um, the minute it releases, so. nice. yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's it's great. Um, yep, so much fun. Uh, Star Lord's one of my favorite uh, Marvel characters, so yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of fun getting to yeah. fly around and dodge and shoot and yeah, and and you yeah. get to like give uh, directives to the team to right, like right. take people down. It's super super fun. The music is great as well. Yes, yeah, too. yeah. There's a on the topic of video games and the intersection of that in movies. Um, real real quick there's one video game that I played uh, a couple months ago called Death Stranding um, I don't know if y'all mm-hmm. know anything about that one it's a, a Hideo Kojima production um, it has it's a very story uh, like video game in it's narrative <laughs> it has a crazy cast of characters in it like uh, Daryl from the walk Norman Reedus, um, yeah, Norman Reedus does motion capture for the main character Mads Mikkelsen is in it um, Guillermo del Toro is in it. Edgar Wright is in it as well. It's and uh, Margaret Qualley is also. It's it, like it, all doing it's, mocap performances. Yes, they're all doing gotcha. motion capture, and it is a video game, but it plays out like a movie. Um, and it's a really great science fiction story by a genius. It's the creator of Metal Gear Solid. Um, oh, they are doing okay. like a like a live action show on it, right? Um, I make, am I confusing that with the other? You're maybe PS4. Halo. Halo is coming out. With, well, Halo you're thinking and, of Last of Us. And Last, Last of, of Us. Us. Yes, okay. Last of Us is the other one, which I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Good. Yeah, we'll HBO see. is doing The Last of Us, right? Yes, Pedro okay. Pascal and the girl Isn't it Daphne from King? Logan. Yes. I think yes. so, yeah. yeah that's yeah. her, yeah. That'll be cool. I know everyone wanted, <laughs> wanted Hugh Jackman because he looks like the Joel from Last of Us, but... Yeah. 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 All right. Here well, we sounds like uh, jump to basketball. Yeah. Let's jump back to basketball. So hoop dreams. Uh, what did everyone think of this? Hoop dreams is like essential documentary viewing in my mind. Well, it, yes. it like I and I didn't know this until after I'd watched this because I was just kind of researching it. It. I didn't realize how important, how it changed the game, so to speak, for documentaries and how some of the documentaries we've gotten in recent years, we probably would have gotten had Hoop Dreams not existed. And this was so fascinating to me. It it was so interesting to me from the beginning. It just really kind of grabs your focus and and pulls you in because these stories are, are... so fascinating and and I'm sure part of that is I'm just such a huge basketball fan but it kind of gripped me in the same way that the last dance gripped me you know 
it it was just like okay let's let's do this let's dive in and and hear about what happens with these kids yeah there's not really any wasted moment and even though it isn't a non-fiction um story it is um very suspenseful in the way um the story is told of of our two um characters real life people at the center of it um and yeah it's a very important documentary i think roger ebert he roger ebert he i remember reading about it that he's like this is one of his favorite movies and he like did this huge lobbying effort for it to be nominated for Mm -hmm. an academy award i don't know which category but he said in a quote and this is not the right quote he said but it's something like it's like the best depiction of the american dream um Mm -hmm. and that really that real that statement really just boils down to at the heart and message of of hoop dreams yep yeah and it's it is why it it's really an incredible work because basketball and and this is something that i really (laughs) like about um about spike lee's movie he got game with denzel washington that that movie opens with these really like passionate shots of people playing basketball all all over the country in different in rural settings and mm-hmm. in, in urban contexts and um and it kind of like it sets the tone for like this movie is about basketball and i love ba- and like spike lee's saying like i love basketball like i get to move make a movie about basketball now mm-hmm. and how basketball is is as you said eric like so representative of the american dream for america and like like in a, in a way you could say baseball is that as well but like basketball captures that american spirit and passion and drive um in in a much more i would say like physical and visceral way mm-hmm. so yeah I, yeah it's it's funny that you mentioned he got game because um i don't know if you you, you guys watched the follow-up documentary life after life after hoop dreams, but Arthur Aggie, he was, he went on a, and we're jumping ahead a little bit. He went on like a little, uh, stint through Hollywood for a little bit. And he actually had a cameo in he got game because Spike Lee was, was such a huge fan of it and his story. Um, but yeah, I, I, I greatly enjoyed it. I've watched, like I've probably watched every single basketball documentary on the ESPN 30 for 30 (laughs) catalog. And I'm, I was really bummed out. I haven't seen this one yet, and uh, I'm glad I was finally able to watch it. Um, bummed I did not watch it sooner, but yeah, it, it's it is uh, very impactful. Like Olivia said, in the way that documentaries are now made today, um, and it's just gripping in all the themes and messages that it makes. And it pretty much like the whole documentary from from beginning to end. It has your attention, and um, you can relate to a lot of the characters that and people that we see in the documentary. So it, it was yeah. great. Uh, also have to shout out, um, didn't Arthur, uh, Aggie play at Arkansas state university? Yeah. yeah like after he got through community college and he went to play for them, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. That's Which awesome. is, that's pretty common actually for a lot of athletes to go to a, a JUCO a junior college or community college play there for a year or two and then go on to a bigger school um, it, it helps them, you know, kind of, cause the point of that for, for Arthur was to help get his grades up 
and get his his GPA up so that he could eventually go to a, a bigger school, mm-hmm. and that happens for a lot of a lot of yes. athletes. So that's yep. that's actually pretty common. Yeah, and on the topic of Arthur, um, another cool Arkansas tidbit: he um, actually he he was involved with a sequel quote um, to Hoop Dreams called Hoop Reality, where um, it picks up and kind of also talks about what he's been up to since Hoop Dreams. And one of the other main subjects of that documentary was Patrick Beverly, who also had went to Arkansas, a Chicago kid as well. And he also played at Marshall High School. And a lot of that is Arthur mentoring um, Patrick Beverly um, and the road that Patrick Beverly went on. So I found that very, very interesting. I had no idea that those two had crossed paths and were mentor and mentee. I didn't know that either. Eric, what are what is your opinion on Pat Bev? I I personally love him. I even knew though, you were gonna say that. I knew you were <laughs> yeah, gonna say that. Yeah, pretty much oh anybody anybody, even though he has um, been a huge pain to a lot of my favorite teams and players, I think I have to I have to respect and love anybody that is like just an irritation, disrespectful, um, a <laughs> hater. Like those are the people that are very polarizing to me. So, so. you're you're a Draymond stan as well. Yes, I, okay. I, I hated Draymond initially, but he has a <laughs> podcast as well. I've and heard his podcast is actually yeah. really good. It's we should very have him on. good. <laughs> we should. <laughs> hey Draymond. So there's, there's a lot of players now. Pretty much every player and past player has a podcast now. But Draymond as well, he has a podcast. Um, he brings on a lot of current NBA players. Mm-hmm. And it's it's amazing. Um, he hasn't brought on Draymond Green. Draymond Green was just on the JJ Reddick podcast. I don't know if you'd listen to that episode, Olivia, but Mm-mm. Patrick Beverly is someone who thinks very highly of himself, um, as you can probably Shocked. see. Okay, know. but also you kind of have to, I think, if That's you're really going to gonna... self respect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, they and they actually hit on that in Hoop Dreams, right? Like they hit on that with with Arthur, Arthur especially of like. He doesn't have like they they compared him to Isaiah Thomas, right? Like he yeah. he's this Isaiah Thomas, but the difference was Isaiah Thomas had confidence in himself, whereas uh, Arthur didn't, and and so like that I think really does make a huge impact if you're gonna pursue any sort of career in sports mm-hmm. or anything past high school at least. Like you have to have confidence, because um, I mean. Let's yes. let's talk about we can talk about different players who who don't have confidence right now like like Russell Westbrook who I love because he's played for the Thunder forever but like dude right now at the Lakers does not have any confidence and you can tell yeah I think if you want to to make it to the next level you have to, of anything yeah um, not it's not just real, uh, specific to basketball or sports but you have to have the drive and the it factor mm-hmm. I think even the coach that that ridiculous human being of a coach at St. <laughs> Joseph's said that about William. He he didn't have that it factor mm-hmm. um, to make it to that next level. And that that was one thing I wanted to discuss about is um, I found I find sports uh, very interesting in this regard that you've, we've noticed it even in recent years the kind of the uh, exploitation is a mean word to say about it, but like the exploitation of these young kids, teenagers, um, to, for money. Um, Mm -hmm. 
it's it used to like it was at the college level was very apparent but now even in recruiting and scouting we're there like programs and coaches are scouting and recruiting out like teenagers like in 12 13 years old mm-hmm. so with the end goal at the end of the day it's all about money and this is they talk they touch about that pretty apparently in in hoop dreams as well mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah well and something that that they used to i think arkansas still does this i don't know for sure though but like something that that states had in place was you couldn't just transfer to another school all willy-nilly yep like like if you transfer to another school you had to like physically move to that school district well something that i just learned last night uh because one of my friends was talking to me about this you in the state of oklahoma now you can just transfer school districts and i'm just like how is that legal right (laughs) but yeah that's what would happen like there were and this happens all the time, like, and you hear this if you watch, you know, different sporting events, especially college sports, you'll hear them say, oh, yeah, well, so-and-so has been, was was offered a college scholarship to play softball or basketball or whatever at the age of 11. <laughs> it's like, 11? Yeah. Has that, does that kid know how to tie their shoes? <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it it's 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 very it's very uh, interesting, and it, it seems like there's no line because I remember like five to ten years ago, I was like, okay, like it's it's normal for high school kids to be scouted out, even mm-hmm. when they're like lower classmen, freshmen, sure. and sophomore. Like LeBron, he was crowned like I forget the his nickname right now, but he was the chosen one, the chosen and he was one. like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's it's even lower. You hear like things like these top tier uh, colleges scouting out like 12 and 13 years, 13 year olds. And even, even in this one, Arthur, um, there's that one scout. I forgot his name, the scout for St. Joseph. He scouted out Arthur and he was, Arthur was like 14 years old. And Mm -hmm. this, this, this documentary took place back in the nineties. So it obviously was going on back then as well. Oh, and it so much worse. I'm sure back then, uh, or, or, Maybe maybe worse is not the best best word for it, but they 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 didn't have to be quite as sneaky about it as they they have to be now, right? Like like now it's it's like you can't post this on social media, you, you can't do all these things, um, and so I mean I'm sure social media and the internet has has really changed the game as far as scouting goes. But yeah, and I think at the end of the day, it really is about about money. And they talk about yeah. that. You know, they talk the co- the different coaches talk about that. Whenever you see William Gates at the the Nike All American Camp, uh, which is cool because you see Spike oh, Lee there. Yeah, uh, there were a who's and, and who he even of talks people. about that. Yeah. yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, like the coaches talk about that. Spike Lee talks about that of how like, hey, you you are just kind of a tool for them to make money. You are like, and not to say that all coaches are only concerned about making money and only concerned about their careers. Like there are coaches who legitimately care at the same time though. They, they have to make a living too. Yeah. Yep. I thought it was interesting in hoop dreams. There wasn't as much, I mean like in, in some ways the, the documentary doesn't need such overt like 
interview questions as far as like how like how do you feel about like your different class or like race because it's like kind of all there on camera Mm -hmm. for you to just witness but at the same time there wasn't quite as much like discussion around that as I was anticipating Mm -hmm. what what are you what are y'all's thoughts on that just like just in terms of like like you just don't see that much I don't I don't know like they they don't like you know what I'm saying they don't like uh, sit down the characters like feed them questions which would kind of like lead them on to an answer right it's very naturalistic Mm -hmm. yeah I I really enjoyed it um because you you learn about how all the characters act and feel just by their surroundings, mm-hmm. um, having the camera pointed at them, and, and that's it. It felt like you were you were just there. Um, I really enjoyed seeing the story told that way. Yeah, yeah. Part of me also think that that is kind of sign of the times. You know, like like yes, civil rights were things people were talking about social justice issues were things that people were talking about in the 90s like those those have always been things people discuss i just don't think it was discussed in the same way as it is today mm-hmm. like had hoop dreams been been made today had that been recorded over the past five years i think that that would have been more heavy-handed and more like in your face about it as opposed yeah. to mm-hmm hey here are these two these two black kids from inner city chicago trying to you know get out of get out of the projects get out of you know what what could possibly be really detrimental to their lives if they stay yeah so but yeah it was i i think that this is one of the few documentaries i've seen where they have not just kind of sat someone in front of like in a chair in front of the camera and asked them questions and had them answer those questions, which I kind of like, I feel like it would be hard to make teenagers do that. I I mean, imagine a 15 year old who their only concern in the world is basketball. And then they're being asked questions like, Hey, so you're an inner city kid from Chicago. How do you feel about the social economic status of your family and how that applies to the greater world at large? It's all left there on the camera for for you to really see and interpret. Like, especially yeah, yeah. when when both Arthur and William get fired up about something, S- Steve James and his team would just kind of like let them go, and mm-hmm. they'd talk about it, and then they just eventually like run out of stuff to say, and then they just kind of like sit there and like. So yeah, I don't know. Like, and and I thought that was, I just really powerful and and yes and smart, and uh, I really appreciated that. Yeah, that's a great point because they are smart in their filmmaking because um, it it doesn't feel like a three hour um, feature. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to watch it in one sitting, and I'll probably rewatch it in the future as well. Um, and yeah, that 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 is a great point. Um, yeah, I, I I think I said it before. I was just bummed out I didn't watch this sooner because it would have definitely made me appreciate what a good documentary is in all the documentaries I've watched since yeah. I've gotten into films. Can you imagine like, like working on a project for five years? Yeah. Like it may, it make it gives really does give me more respect because in the, in the context of hoop dreams, this was a five year project and it was a documentary and it's so powerful watching them grow up mm-hmm. and like have kids and 
see the relationships with, like with um Arthur's dad it was it was Arthur's dad who left and then came back yes yeah. right yeah. you see that happen it gives me so much more respect for how Richard Linklater filmed um Boyhood because I think for a long time oh, yeah. I watched that movie and I dismissed it because I didn't I, it just it didn't click with me at the time, and right, I also right, right. watched it on my laptop, so uh, that's prob- probably <laughs> oh, probably that's a big like part movie of it. sin number one, man. Yeah, no, I know. Um, David but, Lynch would not yeah. be proud of you. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but he'd give Olivia a free pass because you can watch it on an iPhone six. No problem. That's right. <laughs> also, yeah, like, what did you guys think? Like, how did you guys feel as as we witnessed these boys growing up? And and dealing with similar but but also different experiences outside of basketball, like what was that like for you guys? I will. So I have some thoughts about this. I thought, like I I don't I don't have answers, but as being married to an educator, I felt so, and and being pressured as a teenager to like perform academically. Mm-hmm. Um, or perform at a high level academically, I felt crushed whenever they were like, hey, basketball is your your ticket out of here, but you have to meet this standard of academia. Mm-hmm. And especially William, like, just struggled. Like, no, both of them did. Like, they William couldn't, yeah. couldn't get uh, the SAT or ACT score he needed, and Arthur had to pass that final class to, like, to get a passing grade in history or whatever it was before he could graduate. And, and I, I mean, I resonated a lot more with William because that was literally my experience with the ACT and how, how, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I have a lot of thoughts about this in terms of like sports. I think sports are great. And I think that they're so, um, there's, you see this little bit of a glimmer of an imbalance in like basketball is my ticket out of here. And so I'm just like going to focus everything I have on that. And then you, you don't get the skills that you need that may serve you longer later in life, especially if you don't go play in the NBA. Um, and so that just makes me think, and it's not shown in the documentary. It just makes me think about like how difficult educators have it, like how they're, not given the tools they needed to reach students of a lower income class. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's there, but it's also not there. It was kind of like one of those things that I was really keyed into just because I am married to a teacher. So. That's interesting. I, I never really, I never really thought much about the, the academics part. I think for me, it was just, um, they were relatable in the fact that, I mean, when you're like growing up, and you're 13, 14, like you all, everyone has like a dream. Um, and their dream was to play basketball. And it was hard to watch as they grew up across that five-year period, that dream just start slipping away mm-hmm. and becoming more more unrealistic and them not really having any kind of fallback plan. <laughs> um, that was just really heartbreaking to watch. Um, but especially Arthur, Arthur's story was rough. Um, mm-hmm. and then Williams as well. Um, cause William was another, the one who had the knee yeah. injury. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's another, another thing that, um, I found very interesting that it portrayed really well was like 
you can have everything one minute and then something completely out of your control um, will make all that disappear and every every stakeholder that had it, anything invested in you is just going to leave you behind and move on to the next best thing. Um, I mean, injuries are just, they're just, it's just so hard to see, especially in sports when like all these people have worked so hard to reach their dream or try to get to their dream. And then something like that freak accident like that happens. It's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you think, Olivia? I, I, I thought about, I mean, I kind of thought about all those things that you guys mentioned. Uh, I, something that I really kind of keyed in on was how you can have all the talent in the world, but you still need to be really supported in order to do these things. Like, like with Arthur, once his dad left, his mom w- it was raising, you know, her, their own kid, like her own kids and then got two bonus kids because, you know, Arthur's best friend moved in and then I think his sister had a daughter. And so, mm-hmm. so she had, so mom had two bonus kids and you know, that, that's so much to put on, on one woman who, who is barely surviving, but also trying to be strong for, for her kids. And then, you know, with William, he had, he had a baby and then he had a knee injury and, you know, just seeing him struggle. I actually related to William a lot when he was talking about the burnout. Mm. Cause I've, I've, I've experienced that of just like, is this even worth it anymore? And, and so I, I related to that, but going back to the, you can have all the talent in the world, but if, if you don't have a support system, who's there for you, no matter what, like I I've, I've played with people whose parents would berate them if they had a bad game. And it's like, you don't have to do that. They already know. They already know that they had a bad game. You don't have to continue to, to, you know, lay it on thick for them. And I think, I think JJ, JJ Reddick actually said something about that recently of like, it doesn't like, you don't have to, to, to do that. Like you don't have to talk trash about how they, mm-hmm. how poorly they played. Like they, they know. know. Yeah. If, if they, if they they're, yeah, they went through it. They also saw it. They knew they, they missed, you know, however many shots they knew they had a, had a poor game. You don't have to do that too. Baseball parents are the worst. Baseball softball parents, they're oh, another level. They're like another they, level. Like there's not even a close second. I, I I don't know what it is about baseball, but yeah. it's ridiculous. Baseball like, parents are, are tough. Volleyball parents are pretty hard too. Oh, okay. So I got to I didn't experience that in its like full glory until I moved to Arkansas because Oklahoma at least where I was living in Oklahoma before moving to Arkansas, it wasn't quite as big of a deal. But man, when I moved to Arkansas, I was like, this is, this is a whole nother level. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, on the topic of the support system, this, I don't even, I don't even know the coach's name. It was coach. He had a ridiculous last name. I think it's Pigator. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I knew it started with B. Um, I, I under his character is interesting to me and it might just be the intentional in the portrayal of him. But every time we see him on camera, he's pretty much just a giant dickhead. Um, Mm -hmm. and what is even more jarring is like these kids, they're high schoolers. Um, and I, I've, 
I just, I don't know if it was intentional by the filmmakers. Like I've had, like, I'm sure Olivia and Isaac, you've had like tough coaches and teachers as well, but they always had like a soft side to them. Um, and I, we rarely see that in coach. Pinga, Pinga Tor. Uh, that's Pingator. how. That's how I. Uh, I don't know if anyone says his name. No, yeah. he. Uh, I think it's Pinga because yeah. I know William says his name at some point. But yeah, there, well, I mean, that makes you think about like who who would you guys think of or consider as like great basketball coaches who have Pat, have Pat that Summit. like the what? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so like Pat, Pat Summit, yeah. I think of Billy Donovan, like in that that um. Oh seven eight nine stretch with the Gators, mm-hmm. um, like motivating but tough. I, I don't know, and it's a really it's a really powerful line to walk because you can't be like just Ted Lasso. Um, you have to be <laughs> you have to be really yeah. You can <laughs> you, you you can Ted no, Lasso can yeah, be, yeah. but uh, you gotta you gotta know your stuff, but you gotta like earn respect and inspire fear. Yeah. Um, and motivation in a really specific way. Yeah, I think I think Pat Summit, Gino Ariemo, uh, who coaches for UConn, uh, women's basketball team, uh, Coach K, right? Yep. Uh, Roy Williams. I, you know, we could sign, we could name. What'd you say? Oh, sorry to cut you off. I was going to no. say I think a sign of a great coach is you have a large amount of people rooting for your downfall. <laughs> and yeah like <laughs> I you mean, don't any and like when you're on the opposing sideline um you're threatened by that coach as well um like coach k he has a ridiculous amount like i think anybody that doesn't go to duke and on topic of duke as well the the weirdest people to me are the people that are like fans of duke but didn't even go to duke like there's a lot of those people around and they're they're strange breed uh, i know a couple of them that are just like duke is their number one team and they never been in the state of North Carolina before. Um, but yeah, those coaches, I, I 100% agree. All those coaches are, are great coaches. Yeah. Um, something interesting support system wise, William said two really interesting things. Um, he said, I, I wrote both these things down. Uh, my mom all through high school really, really was proud of me. She said, everybody throw in their dreams into you but you got to throw your own dreams into yourself mm-hmm. and kind of like, I think that's something that's also touched upon in, um, and he got game where Ray, uh, it's Ray Allen that's in, he got game, right? Yes. Yeah. So his uncle is the one who's pressuring him. Like, where are you going? Where are you going? Like, you're gonna, like, you're going to, you're going to support us, right? You're going to buy us a cat or no, he like does buy like a new Cadillac or something halfway through the movie, just expecting his, his nephew to pay for it. It's like mm. pretty, it's pretty messed up. And that's more like pronounced in a, like a feature film that mm-hmm. like, you know, that Spike Lee put out. But the other thing that he said about coach being is, um, he had all these dreams and, in his head, he just wanted me to go the same route. He took Isaiah basketball was just like he was possessed with it. You know, it was his life and he wanted it to be everybody else's life too. And I think that's, I resonate with that because Mm -hmm. my experience with basketball was like, I, I'm not as, I'm not as drawn to it. I think as you and Eric, Olivia, but I, 
have come to like because I played it so much in high school that and it was all I knew that like just for the for my own personal development I distanced myself from it in college because I was so I was burned out but I wasn't like I wasn't a star player I was like a sixth or seventh man like I would Mm -hmm. come off the bench and hustle and like score jumpers and and stuff like that but I was never motivated enough to like put in hours and hours of work I think part of that is like it wasn't it wasn't ever in my interest to do so Um, but I also see that kind of like right now with my dad coaching my brother there's this sort of like frustration that my dad has where like my brother is like six three mm-hmm. and he's he's really fast oh. and he's got a good he's got a good three point shot. And my dad's like, This generation is just so different. They're like on their phones all the time. They want to be playing <laughs> video games, they're talking to girls and stuff like that. And I can't motivate them to like yeah. be out there and hustle because they could be like totally domineering. Like they mm-hmm. could just destroy like anyone they they played, but they don't have that collective x factor because there are other things vying for their attention and i think that's super interesting because williams admitting and when he said that like i mean i love basketball but i'm realizing like what else uh, other things in life are more important to me um and william ended up going on to to like become a pastor for a little bit yeah 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 Yeah. so so i just just think that's super interesting because it's more like yeah, that that's my experience. Like, I I kind of admire the sport from afar, but is, I have no desire to like, no, this, like, yeah. No, I was going to make a joke of like, is this your way of telling us you're going to be become a pastor? <laughs> yeah. So I'm <laughs> announcing my bid for pastoral care for whatever. No, I'm not going to become <laughs> a pastor. But so I'm not qualified even to be an elder in my church. So <laughs> okay. Anyway. Eric, go ahead. I was going to say, um, William Gates, yes, he did become a pastor. They This this documentary, the follow-up, Life After Hoop Dreams, um, the trio um, behind Hoop Dreams, they revisited um, the characters of Hoop Dreams 10 years later. So this would be in 2004. And they interviewed them, um, did a little feature on what they've been up to since then, and William, he actually went on a very interesting journey. Um, he went to Marquette, which was shown um, in the documentary, and he ended up playing there, um, I think, for one or two years. And he ultimately had to quit the team because his academics, once again, were not up to par. And he ended up getting all that straight and rejoined the team his senior year. And after that, he went on to back to his normal life. And one of the things that he had mentioned was there was a lot of like hype still around in that time period around hoop dreams. Like everyone went up to him and was like, Hey, you're the guy from hoop dreams. Um, and like he said, he was offered broadcasting jobs, Hmm. um, with a lot of the major sports outlets. And he said he wished he had taken them because, um, what had unfolded was really unfortunate. And, um, he ended up not really surmounting to anything that had to do with his basketball dreams. Um, he went back to his home in Chicago, the greater Chicago area with his wife and, and daughter, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I think it was his and, daughter. Um, he, uh, was just sitting around until one day Michael Jordan's trainer had called him, 
um, and told him to uh, meet out at so-and-so. And this was going to help. He was The trainer was gathering up a lot of people to help Michael Jordan get back into shape to make his comeback in the NBA for the mm-hmm. Wizards. And so William Gates, he went on this he almost went on this part two of his journey to try to make it back into the NBA where he was working out with Michael Jordan and a bunch of those star players in that era. And he was under the impression and his wife even said so that he, she thinks that William was going to be able to come back in the NBA as part of that wizards team that Michael Jordan did. And then William, he had a foot injury and all that just went out the door. Um, his, his opportunity to play in the NBA, um, and what was even more heartbreaking was he went on this NBA comeback um, journey by himself. He didn't tell his family, anybody about it. He was just doing it by himself. And 10 days before that injury took place, um, his brother got shot and killed. And his brother oh, never even knew about his NBA dreams or anything um, of, of trying to come back into the NBA, um, which was, it was terrible. And I, I got to look at my notes here because I watched this this morning. I don't retain inf- inf- same-day information. Um, then after that, that's when he became involved with, like, the uh, religious community in Chicago and became a pastor. And gotcha. I think that's what he was doing still today. Dang. What is what is Arthur up to now? So Arthur, um, <laughs> he actually it says that – or he said that he got picked up by a bunch of, like, the – I think it's called United States Basketball League, Olivia. It's not the G League. It's one of the minor, the semi-pro leagues. He got, like, tossed around in a couple of those teams there for a while because he didn't get drafted. Um, but he, after this, this was after Arkansas State. And um, one thing that he had, he had recognized was, and this was also similar to William, that people were just picking him up and signing him to those NBA teams because of the name recognition of the publicity that we had, the guy from Hoops Dreams, he wasn't able yeah. to play any. He was just sitting on the bench. Um, hmm. And he he finally recognized that it was a business. At the end of the day, like, like they, they don't care about him. They just cared about the money in the bottom line. And um, he ended up, this was very interesting, he ended up, and I think this is kind of teased out through, through the story, is he had this uh, – passion for fashion like he whenever you see him on camera he had these amazing fits on mm-hmm. I, I, I thought about that i was yeah. like Man, he's got some great shirts he right. had, yeah he also had some like his sneaker game was yes, killing it like yes. he had some jordan fours on yep, it was, which were probably like original fours they weren't right. retros at that point and so i i noticed that too of like oh he's his sneaker yeah. game is awesome yeah, he, you can see him cleaning those, the Jordans in a couple <laughs> scenes. And there's one uh, outfit he wore with the, it was the Dominique Wilkins, the retro Hawks mm-hmm. jersey with the bright red and yellow. And he's got the like the Steve Urkel glasses. I thought that was an amazing outfit. But he ended up be, uh, starting like a fashion business, a clothing line. Um, it's called like Hoop It was like a Hoop Dreams clothing line. And it's got like a, a halo around a basketball. Uh-huh. And it's That's like cool. – and a, and a lot of it is has to do with faith as well because his father was also you can see his father became a pastor he's very involved with the the religious community there um, but he started a co- clothing line and um, he also uh, is a motivational speaker I think uh, nice. he went around the local areas giving uh, speeches to a lot of the schools and communities and uh, he also went through some trials and. 
and tribulations because um, his father also got killed. Um, I don't have the time where he got killed, but he got killed as well. Um, and like the, it was actually um, during the filming of that uh, follow-up documentary. So it was in that same 2004, 2005 time period. Like while they were filming the documentary, his father got shot um, and killed mm. in his own house. And they, hmm. or the documentary team were able to capture firsthand, like all the, um, uh, reactions by the family. They filmed the funeral. Um, and they had that all in that documentary. Um, and he, 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 he Arthur looked like he was going through it. Um, but I think it ended with him being, uh, saying he had his clothing line and motivational speaker. And of course involved with his family, then there's a little tidbit. I wish they had more of this. They did. They were at the 2014 Memphis Indie Film Festival where they did a showing of Hoop Dreams and they had everyone there on a panel. Um, and they had William and Arthur there um, giving uh, some more information about what's happened since. But I really recommend that follow up documentary if you're able to find it because um, it, it shows a lot of firsthand accounts of, of what's happened since then to those two. Nice. Okay. What a, how did you watch it, Eric? Uh, yeah. Hoop dreams is on HBO max and the criterion channel. Yes. How about I, the, the post I had it on Blu-ray hoop dreams. Funny enough. It was one of like the first criterion Blu-rays I ever bought off of the recommendation by Roger Ebert. Um, and it has been like collecting so much dust, um, <laughs> which was another part of the reason why I was really excited <laughs> to finally watch it. But uh, it, Criterion, they're normally really good about putting their special features on the Criterion channel. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's on there as well. Yes, it is. It is. In fact, I think it's the only place where it's streaming. And you can probably buy it on Blu-ray from, from the Criterion collection as well. Yeah, it's it, it's it's some really heavy stuff. Um, a lot of unfortunacies, but um, they, they were able to, to take it on. And um, they seem like they've they were doing well now. Good. That's awesome. Do y'all want to, um, do y'all want to talk about some other iconic basketball movies, some honorable mentions before we, uh, wrap up in honor of, uh, March Madness so that we can all go watch the rest of today's games. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm, let me, let me think of what some of my favorite basketball movies are. Um, Isaac, do you have any off the top of your head? Yeah. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen it, but I saw Love and Basketball for the first time this year. Um, Gina Prince Bythewood, and uh, it Denzel? is so is good. It is so good. Um, Love and Basketball is it, it's it's also on the uh, Criterion Collection, and it's just a really really well made, sweet. Um, look at like romance and family and purpose and basketball and it like it's it's very affectionate in how it portrays basketball it's a omar epps and sana lathan and um since since love and basketball which came out in 2000 um gina prince bythewood's gone on to direct the old guard that was like her most recent movie um with charlie's theron um it came out a couple years ago um that is, it's one of my favorite basketball movies. Re- like, cannot, cannot recommend it enough. Okay. I, I have not heard of that one. Actually, I, 
I'm getting that one mixed up with the Denzel movie. Um, I think my probably one of my favorites is High School Musical. Um, that one is a fun. That's one. That's right. Gotta yeah. get your head in the game. Yeah, I, I I watched that every time it was on Disney Channel growing up. Um, I don't know about actually basketball movies. Like I I think I said this earlier. Like basketball documentaries, I always found more entertaining. Um, like the, the the thirty for thirties on like the uh, the Bad Boys Pistons with Isaiah Thomas. Probably my favorite one. How um, early were you watching Thirty for Thirty? Like those Thirty for Thirties, Eric. Probably high school. Um, yeah, is when I started watching them. I remember. <coughs> I think the Fab Five was also one of the earliest ones I watched as well. And that one is. Have you seen that one, Olivia, Olivia and Isaac? No. I've seen. I've started it, but I wasn't able to finish it. Not because I think something happened. Like I got distracted, or like someone came in, and I wasn't able to just like sit and watch it by myself. Yeah. That one is that one is also really good. Of course, Last Dance, and I was about to say, oh, yeah. uh, um, of course, the OJ documentary, but that has nothing to do with basketball. But that's also <laughs> a ESPN wrong documentary. Yeah, yeah, wrong sport. Um, but yeah, the, those ESPN gets crapped on a lot, but their documentaries mm-hmm. are very good. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen a bad one. Yes. So, yes. I yeah, I also I don't. This, as someone who loves sports, I don't watch a lot of sports movies. I don't know why. I don't have an actual reason. But as a kid, I loved. I loved High School Musical. I loved Like Mike. Mm. Uh, I like loved Mike was a childhood staple for me as well. Childhood staple, you know. Um, an, another basketball-ish movie with Zac Efron is Seventeen again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm trying to think of another one. There's Uncut a, Gems is a crime gambling movie gambling. centered around very relevant. But it's, it's centered around yeah. basketball, so I would qualify yeah. as a basketball but movie. Uncut Gems. Um, whoa, is that? Did Julia Fox just jump in? Like, did she hear us <laughs> talking about about Uncut Gems? Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Um, <laughs> but Uncut Gems. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I just I don't watch a whole lot of sports movies, uh, honestly. But I love I love basketball, and I think that what what makes basketball so cool is is i think isaac you mentioned it earlier with uh he got game is how it opens with all these shots of different basketball courts or people playing basketball everywhere and and it is universal it is something that you can play anywhere you can play it by yourself you can play it with other people there's different Mm -hmm. iterations i mean you can do so much with a basketball and a hoop which is really really incredible It's so and, American in that regard, unlike baseball, which is like you have to have a team. Like you can you can pitch up for yourself and and whack it kind of far, yeah. but like not the way that you can shoot hoops by yourself. Right, and I I mean outside of what soccer, it's it's probably the biggest sport mm-hmm. it, worldwide. And I yes, mean, for sure, there there's so much that you know people all over the world love basketball they love the nba um the wnba is gaining a lot of popularity and it's just really cool to see that and isaac like you i experienced a a point where i was really burned out with basketball not even i wasn't even like a sixth or a seventh man i was straight up a bench warmer and i just (laughs) got so sick of it and so it took me a while to come back to it uh part of that was school and and being in college and grad school and all that but now that 
I'm out of those seasons of my life. I can, I feel like I, I appreciate basketball in a way that I, I didn't as, you know, a 16 year old. So yeah. it's, I don't know. I, I love basketball so much. It's fantastic. Yep. It's the um, number one reality television show, the NBA. Yes. Yeah. And it honestly, is, honestly. It, man, there's so much drama. I love it. Oh man. Yeah. I love the yeah, drama I, with I, the NBA. So yeah, I don't know the people that don't watch sports but watch reality television because, like, the NBA, NFL, too. Like, yeah, that's reality television in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's great. Um, Glory yeah, Road I, is I another ba- great one. Um, it's kind of underrated. Disney, uh, Glory Road. Josh, oh, yeah. um, Josh Peck, right? I don't is know. Is Josh Peck in Glory Road? I think so. Um, Are you talking about as the coach? Uh, uh, hold on a second. You know, you know what's hilarious? While y'all look that up, the uh, there's Lucas. a huge, there's a Lucas. growing Josh Lucas, different Josh. Sorry, there's a a growing subgenre of sports movies. Like it's the faith based sports movies. Uh, oh my goodness, those are. Wild. Have you seen Facing the Giants, Eric? No, but it sounds like it <laughs> would be something. What what faith based sports movies have you seen? The Blind Side. Um, See, Blind Side. I would even like, count that as a faith based. I would count that as faith, knowing the the story behind the uh, the white family in that. I'm counting that as faith based. Right, right. But I I think that like like the Blind Side is more widely received <laughs> by Hollywood at large, even though like a lot of those same people have problems like it, like you, compared to like. Facing the Giants is in the same. It's a football movie, and it's in the same vein as like the the companies and churches and communities that produce God's Not Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like was, that's that's like a, that's like five steps below the the blind that, side. That I would, so. I would I would probably die watching that. Um, I think we should cover Facing the Giants. There's another one. I don't wanna. That yeah. there's another one that just came out. The Kurt Warner movie with. Zachary uh, Levi, Zachary Zach Levi. Levi yeah. is, I've heard, Chuck. is pretty uh, on the head about that kind of stuff. Which, um, well, I think Zachary the American Levi, dream, American dream. Yeah, I think that's yeah. yeah, I think Zachary. No, isn't it the American underdog? Oh yeah, same difference. Yep, that's right. Um, I think Zachary Levi is actually a Christian. Okay. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. So. Anyway, I don't. Bad. <laughs> There's an. I've, I've heard that one is pretty atrocious. <laughs> But, uh, it's funny that you said that because everyone I know who has seen it, which is pretty much people I go to church with, have said it's a, it's one of the best movies they've ever seen. <laughs> but oh, but also funny. also these, and I say this in a loving way, these are also the same people who would say that like, no one shoot me. Remember the Titans is one of the best movies ever, and I'm just like, mm. is it one of the best movies yeah. ever, or do you just feel better about yourself because it's like racism is over? All right. Anyway. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting subgenre, and and the last one is a, uh, I think it came out like last year during the COVID. Um, Arkansas, I think is it just called Arkansas? I don't know what it's called, but it's about With- the first walk on, um, Brandon Burlesworth at the University of Arkansas, oh. and I think that is faith based as well, just by looking at the movie poster. There's a giant cross in the I don't, I believe. I'm having a hard time bringing that to mind. It has a decent cast, if I remember. 
There was a movie called Arkansas that came out that had um But it's not about Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. yeah. That's the wrong movie then. Okay. I'm thinking yeah. of the wrong movie. Um this it one was about like was, drug smuggling or something yeah, like that. Yeah. There's so few movies about Arkansas and I get them crisscrossed. Um but there's one um about Brandon Burlesworth who's like a who was a college walk on to the football team at Fayetteville. Um and I remember it being a faith based movie as well where like people in that population are like oh, this is the best movie of all time and yep. then people not in it were like this is a piece of garbage it was called greater or at least there was a movie about him that came out in 2016 called greater that had neil mcdonald that's the one yep that is yep. i remember there being a, a big name in it yep that's the that's, that's the big name okay nice so, um I had something I was going to say. I don't remember what it was. Uh, oh, oh, final final thought is like, I think the reason why basketball movies are, and it would be interesting to do an episode next year for March Madness where we kind of talk about like the best theatrical basketball movies and which like capture basketball gameplay the best because it's, I mean, watching basketball is so exciting because there's this finesse and there's this like, kind of limitation of a small court and like so many moves you can make and it's like it's so hard to choreograph so it Mm -hmm. had there has to be like a natural talent with the with the actors and the extras um and their ability to like make make um a basketball game scene look convincing um and i think that's why it's so exciting to watch um like i honestly do feel like um Love and Basketball does that really well. And um, that's one reason why people loved Uncle Drew when you think about it is like, because it's, it's Kyrie, Yeah, it's Kyrie Irving and it's all former basketball or current yeah, no, basketball and players. That, and that's why it's good is like, we have, we have the skill. People love watching basketball. So, and it kind of makes that cardinal sin of like, it's not really like, it's not a good movie, but it's like incredible basketball and they're just making jokes the whole time. So like, in that, in that sense, I guess it is a really good movie because it's what it's giving everyone what they want, like basketball and jokes from like awesome basketball yeah. players. So Kyrie or I'm yeah. like, I have no comment on Kyrie Irving at this moment. <laughs> hey, I will he's, say he he's not has, savage enough. Uh, yeah. he, Eric, is a, he is a character. He's a character. He's a character um, for sure. With the walking around with the incense. Yeah. <laughs> He's a character. He's really fascinating. But anyway, moving on. So, final thoughts on Hoop Dreams. Go watch it. It's on HBO Max. And watch uh, Life After Hoop Dreams on the Criterion channel. It is incredible. It's essential documentary and um, basketball viewing. Yeah, very, very poignant for the times we're living in. And um, with everything going on right now in the spring with basketball, it's like the best watch in conjunction with real basketball it is almost three hours long so buckle up yeah <laughs> so buckle up buttercup buckle but it up, is buttercup. it is it is fantastic to echo ever what you guys are saying it 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 just like you said it's it's the american dream and and i think it also kind of captures just being being a teenager and having all your hopes and dreams and then having to realize like Oh, like I am faced with reality now, mm-hmm. and yep. what do you? What do I do with this? So, yep. 
so it's it's really great in that way too yep it was good stuff thank you for listening to this episode this was produced by walter lyle our music is by cordon jocks our artwork is by macy lummis our next episode is going to be um the oscars which is one week away as uh, from the time of this recording um it's gonna be a really great episode we hope you tune in um please share this episode with anyone you know who loves march madness or basketball or hoop dreams or the nba or college basketball or any anything basketball related please share it um eric olivia final thoughts watch hoop dreams watch hoop dreams we will see you guys on the flippity flip. Michael on Scott. On the flippity flip. Throwing the basketball backwards <laughs> into the. Right.